The Classical Association presents Epic, Modern Writers, Ancient Stories, an audiobook of short stories written by entrants in the 2022 CA competition, who were inspired by Stephen Fry's trilogy, Mythos, Heroes and Troy. We're releasing one story a day for the next six weeks, so make sure you subscribe and follow the Classics Podcast and follow us on Instagram at the Classical Pod so you don't miss out on a single story in our audiobook. Relax, enjoy, and lose yourself in the world of ancient mythology. Relics by Marnie McPartland, read by Jessica Dixon. You've landed on Athens. That's mine. That'll be 500, please, Artemis squealed, her fists punching the air in celebration and narrowly missing my face. I rolled my eyes. The girl got ridiculously excited over anything remotely competitive. I patted my perfectly coiled hair and sighed demurely. For goodness sake, keep your hair on. I'll pay. I handed over the Monopoly drachmae, leaning over Ares. He was picking his teeth again in what I've informed him countless times, a very unattractive manner. Stop that nasty picking, Ares. Shut it, Steph. We all know you just hate it because it reminds you of the rattle of the skeletons. He snickered, his wide grin marred only by the grimy finger firmly stuck in his mouth. That's not true, and you know I hate that common nickname. Persephone is a perfectly elegant, perfectly sophisticated, a perfectly suited name for someone like moi. I preened and extracted my little gold-framed mirror to check my complexion. The game continued around me. A fierce argument was struck up between Athena and Dionysus. Cries of, get those blooming owls out of my face! And... It's your own fault, you miserable old drunk. You know they like the smell of wine. Floated across the hall. I rolled my eyes. Again. Life nowadays seems an endless tirade of bickering and subsequent eye rolls. Back in the old days. Oh, I know. No one. Now, especially my family wants to hear about something so raw and painful still. But it's the only thing that grants me pleasure anymore. Back then we were revered, adored even. Incessant sacrifices, laments, prayers... We had so much attention being directed at us, we didn't know how to manage it. Of course, no one thought too much about me, but I did get my own share of people begging for me to help their olives or wheat or grapes survive. I obliged, of course. It was nice to feel wanted, needed. And gods like Zeus or Poseidon received such a slew of offerings that they employed great halls of workers to keep prayers and give prophecies and the like. Now, well, the last time any of us got even a crumb of attention was ten years back. Some has-been in Detroit convinced himself, and a not inconsiderable number of friends, that he was Hades reincarnated. That was shut down pretty quickly by the police. And now, nothing. We sit in the palace, all day squabbling, playing excruciatingly awful family games, and honing powers that are now useless. The sad truth is that no one needs us anymore. We're defunct, out of fashion, a trend that went out centuries ago. While children used to grow up praising us and creating infantile pictures of our handsome profiles, now they gawk over their electronic boxes and transmit inane pictures of themselves to their friends. They ignore us. In an ever-exciting and faster-paced world, like never before, we are the outsiders looking in. I excuse myself from the uproar that Zeus caused by striking Hera's game token, a tiny silver set of wedding bells with an equally diminutive streak of lightning, and hastened up the sweeping staircase to look for my husband. Where once handmaids had carefully strung garlands of flowers around the banisters, they were now bare and chipped. Cods, it was brutal. If I had to be immortal, surely I should be out in the world, going on thrilling adventures, exploring the world. 
I never really did that even when we were popular. I hated living in the underworld. The gloomy corridors of the palace, the murky scenes of faraway fires and rivers, the cries of the tortured, the sleepless look in the glazed eyes of souls left alone for millenniums. And Ares had been right. The rattle of the bones of the skeleton guards has repulsed me. It all went against everything I stood for. Light, growth, satisfaction. Yes, it was best that the entrances to Underworld had been closed. People had stopped believing, so they went to different parts of the afterlife. Nowadays, with so many non-believers, most just floated around the world, little wisps of soul gently haunting their loved ones. Those already in the Underworld carried on as normal, with any disturbances being reported to Hades. I had neared the top of the stairs. I was out of breath. I really must take up some sort of indoor exercise. I'm loath to leave the palace most days. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a door at the end of the landing. Could Hades be skulking around in there? There's so many rooms in the palace that I couldn't even remember what was behind the door. It creaked open, revealing nothing. It was shrouded in gloom and dust. I could just make out some sort of structure in the middle of a huge hall. I stepped inside and fumbled for the light switch. Light bloomed slowly. The electrics were dodgy after so many years. Across the room. My husband was standing in the middle at a marble table, engrossed in moving figures around. Hades, what are you doing? You do know it's family time. Oh, Persephone, it's you. He turned and I could tell from his eyes he'd been drinking again. No more power over the dead equaled no more purpose, apparently. Hades had descended into a major depressive slump over the past few decades, and no one apart from me seemed to care. Come on, let's get you out of here. I led him back along the corridor and into his own room, where he sat obediently in front of the TV, another handy modern gadget. I closed the door quietly and then paused. What had he been doing in that room? I needed a closer look. Back at the table I could see that he had been playing with the old figurines of heroes. I picked one up. It was Perseus, Medusa's head aloft, his sword gripped in his other hand. I remember we had been gathered around this very table. Athena had of course tried to show off by giving him a reflective shield. Hermes offered a pair of winged sandals, and Zeus had taken Hades' helmet of darkness. Hades was raging about his lost helmet for weeks. We had watched Perseus defeat the Gorgon and rescue Andromeda, to live happily ever after. At the end of his life, he was immortalised in stars. A much more romantic ending for him than the rest of us. Ah, Theseus, still armed with his spool of string and trusty dagger. Minos had been becoming rather an annoyance, so he had prompted Ariadne to help him. Eros had been dispatched to send his gilded arrow into her heart as she watched the prisoners disembark at the port. When the happy couple left Crete, we thought our work was done. Then it all started to go downhill, and we had descended into bickering. Dionysus had to rescue Ariadne from the island Naxos, and we all tore our hair out when Theseus' father, King Aegeus, killed himself believing his beloved son was dead. Oh well, we can't control everything. Gods have flaws too, you know. Speaking of flaws... Here's Achilles, tucked behind a miniature pegasus. What a bellyache the Trojan War was. The family split for over ten years, all because of a silly boy's stubbornness and a ridiculous contest. Notice how I never got involved. What self-respecting person would want a useless apple anyway, no matter its colour? Aphrodite's still got it hung up somewhere in a room. What a show-off. Anyway, I was stuck in the middle of all that. I was, and still am, a pacifist. Personally, I can't see what was heroic about slaughtering Hector and parading him around the city. Vindictiveness is not an attractive trait in a hero. In this situation, I remember I was on Apollo and Aphrodite's side. They preserved Hector's body and guided Paris's arrow to Achilles' heel, his fatal flaw. 
What a fool Thetis was. Just dunk the baby on both sides, you half-wit. Anyone with an ounce of sense could tell you that. I was glad when Achilles was killed. Now I remember thinking we would finally have some peace. Ha, so much for that. It was another ten-year slog of guiding Odysseus to Ithaca before we could unwind. But this was all a very long time ago. Heroes simply don't exist anymore. It's just us, the remnants. Left over from an era of glory and honour, people just don't care. They're so pandered to, so spoiled. They can waltz into a supermarket and pick out anything they want. They can buy food, clothes, furniture, and have it turn up at the push of some sort of switch. They talk to people through boxes, even when they're not there. It's magic by itself. Why would they need us?